Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Ephesians 6, verse 1 through 4. Verse 1 says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. That talks about those words talk about training, instruction, discipline of the Lord. And so uh, we've been talking about some of these things. And uh, the last time we were together, I talked about the principle of faith in, in parenting. And actually, I, I taught basically that same message this past Sunday because uh, there are other parents that need to hear this. It's essential that you as a parent uh, or grandparent be in faith, active faith, where your children are concerned, your children, grandchildren, whoever. And uh, like I said last week, or well, two weeks ago, I wasn't here last week, Brother Dave ministered last week, and I know you all appreciated that, and we're blessed by that. Uh, but two weeks ago, and then on Sunday, uh, you know, faith is important. And uh, faith, the promises of God don't have an expiration date on them. And whatever God has promised you as a parent that he will do for you, he'll do it if you'll believe him no matter how old your children are. Yes, there are some, some uh, extra challenges if your children are older and you, and you failed to do that when they were younger. Certainly there are some challenges there, but they're not bigger than God. Amen. And if your faith is strong and you believe it, God will make up that time. Amen. And so, um, uh, you know, we pointed out that faith is of the essence. And then, uh, you know, it's come to my attention that sometimes uh, parents labor under this idea that, you know, I, I have to do everything right. You know, if, if there's something I do in raising my children, uh, you know, uh, I, might, I might do something that would turn them against God. And Christian parents many times uh, labor with that fear. And they've never really recognized it, you know, as the enemy working on them. But, you know, they just want to do everything right and, you know, and, and, and pray for their kids. But there's just this nagging thing that, you know, I'm, I'm, I might do something that would cause my children to be so turned off at God because of something I've done. And, uh, you know, like I said on Sunday, you know, just to put you at ease, yeah, you'll do a lot of things like that. Just get over that because you're not perfect. And just like in, in your faith life, uh, is regarding, is regards salvation or anything else. You will make mistakes along the way. We have our father Abraham as an example. Did he make some mistakes? Oh yeah, he made some big mistakes. He made some serious mistakes. He outright lied on two occasions about his wife, got into unbelief with his, uh, with, um, uh, uh, his, handmaid, his, his wife's handmaiden, uh, Hagar. So, you know, he, he had some big blunders, but it didn't prevent his faith from paying off. And if you'll stay in faith, you'll make mistakes, but if you, if you attempt, now if you just, you know, just make mistakes and, and, don't, and are careless and, and, and about it, certainly, you know, they'll hinder but uh, if you repent of those things and, and set the record straight, God will honor what you do. Amen? Hallelujah. There's some principles of training that you've heard me 
list before. Very often when I do baby dedications and things, there's uh, uh, three principles of training that I often go over. I think it'd be good to, to go over those and I don't want to go into a lot of explanation. They're self-explanatory. These principles of training. Number one, training is more than teaching. Training is more than teaching. Teaching is important, but training is more than that. Training is a word of deep importance for every parent to understand. Not telling, not teaching, not commanding, but something much higher than all of these. Teaching makes a child know and understand what he is to do. Training, though, influences him and sees that he does it. Teaching deals with the mind, training with the will. Doing right, doing it habitually, doing it from choice. See, that's a progression. Doing it, doing right, doing it habitually, doing it from choice, that is the aim of training. Second part goes along with that. Second point, habits must precede principles. Habits, habits that you instill in your children uh, will influence them by giving bent in direction in their life and will prepare the way for them to obey from principle. But it first has to start with habits. It has to start, has, has to start with, with instruction and training them to do the right thing. It says in Luke chapter 4, when Jesus began his ministry, that he went into the synagogue, took the, you know, the, the book of Isaiah where it was opened up. And, uh, but it says he went into the synagogue as was his habit. He got that habit from his parents. His parents instilled that habit. Before he was able to, before he was old enough to know to choose the good, the parents chose the good for him. And they had him in the synagogue. And we see that in the stories of his, of his childhood, that his parents were very diligent to have him where he needed to be to instill those habits. And so it says that he went to the synagogue as his habit was. And then over in Hebrews chapter 10, it says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together as is the habit of some, same word. See, some people have the habit of being in church. Some people that have the habit of not being in church. Some people have the habit of, of uh, loving and, and, and assembling together. Others have the habit of not assembling together or neglecting it. Some are in the middle They've got a little bit of both. They've got some habit of being in church, but it's not real strong. They've got an equal habit of not being in church. Well, that, that he said, don't do that. And so again, this, these are habits that you have to, to establish in your children's life so that the time will come when they'll obey those, those things out of principle so that they'll see them. When I was young, my parents had us in church. Pastor Angela's parents had, had her in church. I mean, just all the time. We were one of those families like, like a, a lot of you guys that uh, now Angela's parents were in the ministry. My parents were not, but my parents were like a lot of you are, pillars in the church, you know, just involved in everything going on. And uh, we were there and uh, we were there, you know, some of the first people there and usually the, the last or the next to last to leave because we were involved in things. And, and we grew up around that and it, and it, uh, it influenced me. I saw the necessity of it uh, eventually in my life. And then number three, example is better than precept. Example is better than precept. You see, it's not in what we say and teach so much, but what we are and do. We're in the power, that, that's the power of training. It's not so much in, in what we say and teach our children, but in what, in what we are 
and what we do because that's what they're looking at. It's not our wishes or our theory or what we think is a good idea for our children, but our life and our practice. That's what really is involved in training. What do you model for your children? Because they see that. Uh, It's by living the Christ life. It's by living for God that we prove that we love him and that we have his life in us. And this influences the young mind that that is entrusted to you to love God and and to live the Christ-like life himself. Like I said last time, uh, living in victory, obeying the blessing of, uh, and having, obeying God and having his blessing in your life is one of the greatest teachers and and things that that will help your children to see when they see the benefit in your life, amen? Hallelujah. Well, uh, tonight, I want to go to, to a different concept because we, we've talked about faith. Uh, go with me to James chapter 2, then we'll go to the Old Testament. James chapter 2. James chapter 2, verse number 26. And you know what this means. There's a whole uh, portion of half of this chapter deals with this uh, idea, but it's, it's summarized here in verse 26. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. And I always like to say, like a couple of the other translations say, faith without corresponding actions is dead. In other words, it, it won't produce. Faith without corresponding actions won't produce. Well, faith and corresponding actions uh, on the parent's part are the two keys in securing your child's salvation. Now, I've done a lot of emphasizing on faith and, and the reason for that is that's the part that hasn't been emphasized. And, and I really realized when I started teaching this that I had neglected over the years to really explain that very much about how we raised our children. And, and I know I've made reference to it, that we believed God, that we never, and I've said this uh, countless times over the years. Uh, Pastor Angela and I always... Uh, believed. We took God at his word that uh, train up a child on the way he should go and he'll embrace it when he's young and, and never turn away from it. We believe that. And so we raised our children in faith. But, I, but uh, it, it really didn't occur to me until I went back and started reading uh, Raising Your Children for Christ again and some of the things that I had read, read years ago that were influential and helped me, I realized I'd never really communicated those, those things to the church. That a lot of parents struggle with, well, how do I exercise faith for my children? How do, how do you believe for somebody else? Well, again, you're not believing for them in the sense, you're not believing in their place, but you're believing uh, on their behalf. And that's where you exercise faith for your children. And, and it's powerful. And that's something that uh, I, I think a lot of people have missed and don't understand. Uh, most people understand the other part. And that's the corresponding actions. Well, they're both important. Faith without corresponding actions would, would be as, as dead as corresponding actions without faith. And see, that's, I think, have, has been uh, a real serious problem. A lot of parents have tried to do things in raising their children and still certain things, but they didn't do it in faith. I know in, in relatives in, in my own family that I've talked to, I know that they lived in fear that their children would, would uh, uh, grow up and, and turn away from God and, and not serve God. Just had that fear all of their life raising their kids. And uh, you know, it pretty much come to pass. 
in spite of all of the other things they did to try to keep their children in, in, in church and so forth. Uh, no, you have to have faith, but you also have to have the corresponding actions. The higher your faith rises, the stronger your faith is where your children are concerned and, and their future and, and, and their following after God. The stronger, the higher your faith, the more your family, your children will come under the influence of your faith. If your faith is weak in that, in that regard, it's not going to influence them that much. But the stronger your faith, the, the greater the influence it'll have. And your fa whole family can be permeated with, with a spirit of godliness just as a result of the faith, the vibrant faith you have in God. A parent's faith in God's promises will always be known by his faithfulness to God's will. I'm gonna say that again. I'll just make it more personal. Our faith in God's promises will always be known by our faithfulness to God's will. If you'll prayerfully seek and follow God's will for your own life, your children then will seek and follow God's will for their own lives. But parents who aren't serious about uh, the will of God, who aren't diligent about, uh, about following God's plan for their life, they set the wrong example. So if you want your children to really be hungry for God, then you be hungry for God. If you want your children to really love God, then you show that you really love God. If you want your children to make the right choices in life, then you make the right choices and tell them why you made them. Show them why you made them. Let them, see Angela, Pastor Angela and I, we let our children in on a lot of the things that were going on in the home. Things that were appropriate for them to, to, to know about. You know, if, if we were struggling uh, financially, which we really never struggled, we had some opportunities to struggle, but we stayed in faith. But if the bills, if the money wasn't there, you know, to, to pay the bills, we didn't necessarily tell the children that. They don't need to be burdened with things like that. Uh, they need to have security. And so you all understand that. But anything that was appropriate to let them in on, to give them a window into our lives and what we believed and how we believed and how we act on the word of God, we, we, we got them involved in those things. And, and it paid off, amen? And so again, you'll make mistakes and I made mistakes. I'm not, I'm not standing before you as uh, the perfect example of what to always do. And I hope you understand that. I don't even, I don't even pretend to, to, to have been that uh, good a parent. But what I did do uh, paid off. And, and I believe God's no respecter of persons. And if you'll do the same things we did, I think you'll have the same results. I know you will. Uh, go over to Genesis chapter 18. And let's look at father of our faith again, Abraham. Genesis chapter 18. You know, when the Lord and a couple of angels appeared to Abraham and talked to him about the birth of his son and so forth, uh, it says the men rose from there, verse 16, and looked towards Sodom. And Abraham went, went, went with them to send them on the way. And the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham what I am doing? Since Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I have known him or I have uh, uh, revealed myself to him. And uh, 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 that's really what that, that word means. I've known him, in other words, in an, in an intimate face-to-face -face way. 
We have a, a very unusual relationship, he's saying. In order that he may command his children and his household after him that they keep the way of the Lord to do righteousness and justice that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has spoken to him. Notice he says, I have, I have known him in order that he may command his children. And so I want to spend a little bit of time talking about uh, commanding your children. See, uh, modernism... And, and our ungodly culture has, sur- has so permeated the church life and family life uh, that many parents have no, no understanding and no, no place for the word command in their whole lives concerning the children. Command their children to do anything. The world teaches completely against that. The whole idea of, of commandment. Uh, a lot of people think anything having to do with commandment, that's just Old Testament and, and, and we're not living under commandments. Well, uh, Jesus gave us a new commandment and it's just as much a commandment as the other commandments were. So commanding is, is a New Testament principle. God told Abraham to command his children. He, he revealed himself to him so that he would command his children. Uh, what parents fail to understand about the word command is that it has other meanings than merely verbal instructions. Do what I say. And I think that's part of the problem. They think, well, you know, um, I've tried that commanding stuff and it didn't go over too well. Well, uh, like I said, the word command has different uh, uh, meanings. You need to understand that as a parent, you have been clothed by God with a heavenly authority to be exercised in leading your children in the way of the Lord. God's given you a heavenly authority. It's a God-given authority. That's why you have the right to, to raise your children and other people have the right to raise their children and when they try to raise your children, it doesn't work too good. We don't like that, do we? No, because we all have an inherent uh, inborn sense that our children are our responsibility. Well, because they're our responsibility, God has given us authority where our children are concerned. We have, we have the authority to uh, see to it that they come up right, that they're raised right. Uh, you know, there's an age, particularly a number of years when the child is real small, that the will of the child in a great extent, to a great extent, is, is in your hands for you to mold it. God intends you to mold it that way. You have authority to do that. And uh, the exercise of that, of that authority will have tremendous uh, influence in the child's life. So when we're talking about commanding, we're not just talking about ordering verbally. We're talking about exercising authority where your children are concerned. And you do that in the realm of the spirit. We never pointed our fingers at our children and said, as for me and I'm, my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And that means you, buddy. We, we never did that. But in the spirit realm, we did. In the, in, the, in the realm of authority and prayer, we said, oh, yes, before God and before the devil, no, no child of ours is going to be lost. Our, our, as for me and this house, every member of my house will serve the Lord. It was a matter of faith, but it was also a matter of authority and decree in our home. Uh, let me give you four different kinds of, of commanding. <clears throat> There's the commanding influence of life and example. Do you know your life and your example has commanding power? 
the commanding influence of life and example, the resulting blessing and favor of God will silently but powerfully impact your heart, your kids' hearts and minds. Let me say that again. The resulting blessing of your life and the example you leave and the, and the favor of God that comes from that will silently but, but powerfully imprint your children's hearts and minds. So there's a commanding influence of life and example. Secondly, faith's commanding power. We've already, we've already discussed that. Faith's commanding power. Your faith in God's promises for your children will exhort its own spiritual authority in your child's lives. Because we all know that our faith is backed up by the very throne of God. Isn't that right? If it's faith in God's word, then every, every, uh, all of God's uh, ability, all of his resources, everything heaven has, everything the situation might need, there's enough power to back up anything you believe God for. Well, when you believe God for your children, your faith has commanding power and, it, and it'll influence them. And then number three, the commanding power of the training itself. The commanding power of the training itself. If you bring your children up in the training and nurture, nurture and training of God's word, the word itself will work its hum, superhuman power in them. I told you that uh, I had been raised in church and my parents were very diligent. Uh, my dad was killed when I was uh, 11 years old in a, in a kind of a freakish home accident. And, uh, but he set a, a, a very high and godly example. And my mother followed that. And uh, my dad was one of the most respected men uh, in the church and, and really in the community. Uh, I remember right after uh, my dad passed away, he was killed on a Thursday. And I don't, it was within the next couple of three or four days because uh, I walked a couple of blocks from my house to a 7-Eleven convenience store. And I went there to buy something. And uh, I was standing there and there were two men talking. There was the man behind the, you know, the, the cash register and another uh, customer in front of me. And I had my candy bars or whatever I was there to get, you know, Coke or something. And I didn't realize, but they were talking about my dad until I, I listened for a minute and I realized. But in, in it, the thing had, you know, the uh, little notice had come out in the paper. And actually it was, it was more of a headline because I, I found it recently going through my mother's stuff. And the headline of the, of the newspaper said, Northside man killed in Thursday storm. So that probably came out the next day. And uh, this was in, in my neighborhood. It was a couple blocks away from my house. And this customer, I didn't know him. He didn't know me, obviously, or he wouldn't have been talking about my dad and the way he was. And uh, the, the merchant, I mean, you know, the, the clerk, he didn't know who I was. And uh, they were talking about this man that had been killed. And the comment, uh, one of the uh, men said, yeah, said, uh, I've heard he was like a, a, a saint or something. And he said it in kind of a sar sarcastic way. Yeah, he's real religious. They said he was like some kind of a saint, you know, out where he works. Because I knew some guys where he worked with. And they said, oh, man, that guy's like a real holy man. Well, you know, they were, they were kind of speaking despairingly of, my, of, of that, kind of joking about it. And I went home and told my mother. And she told my uncle... And it was all they could do to keep him from going down there. 
and, and finding out who was saying what and straightening them out, you know. Don't, you know, the man's child is standing right there. And, uh, but, but what it did impress upon me is the kind of reputation my father did have. That people spoke of my dad as a godly man. He wasn't a preacher. Well, that, that has blessed me all of my life, even though they were making fun of it. Amen. Uh, and so, uh, you know, God, my parents put the word in me, not so much in, in them teaching me, sitting me down and reading the Bible, though they read me Bible stories when I was little, so forth. Uh, but having me in church, uh, and I had the word instilled in me. Well, I backslid. Now you say, well, you know, the word didn't have such an impact on you because you backslid. Yeah, but they didn't know about faith. See, they believed, train up a child in the way he should go. Yeah, you know, he'll probably turn out right, about a 50-50 chance. But if he doesn't, you know, just keep praying, you know, he'll come back. And that's what I did. I got exactly what they believed. And, uh, but the interesting thing about it was when I got back into fellowship with the Lord, I was working in Brooksville, Florida. Uh, temporarily, I worked for the phone company in Jacksonville, but they'd sent me down there to do a, a, a job. And uh, I would go down on... Monday morning, I would drive down, and then I would drive home Friday uh, afternoon, spend the weekend at home with Angela and, and Steve. And uh, when I went down there, when I first took the, the assignment in August of 1972, I was dealing drugs. And I had a hotel, little motel room, uh, myself and another guy, and we would go out into, into the community in Brooksville and sell drugs after work. I mean, I had a daytime job, but my night job was a drug dealer. And, uh, uh, and then he got transferred out and I ended up by myself and I ended up by myself in a little motel room that backed up to the jail. Fortuitous place, I guess, to place me at the time. And, uh, and so I, I, I right out the back window of the little motel room, little bathroom window was the back of the jail. And, uh, I was alone and I, and I decided, you know, I better stop dealing drugs. I'm right here next to the jail, you know. And, uh, but I got to watching Billy Graham one night on TV. Just nothing else on. A little motel room, turn on, Billy Graham's on, he's preaching. And, you know, the, the, the convicting power of God came into that room. And I, and, I, and I repented and got back into fellowship with the Lord in that hotel, motel room in Brooksville, Florida. And I have always been amazed at what happened in me, immediately the word that had been put in me and sown in me for all those years, it's like, it was like it was in, in a, a, a pre-emergent state and it just blossomed in my life. I mean, the word of God just exploded. I couldn't read the Bible enough. I couldn't read books about the Bible enough. I had such a hunger and God began to speak to me and reveal. He revealed some things about faith to me before I even read anything by Kenneth Hagin. And, and revelation knowledge began to work in my life and it was because of the word that had been instilled in me. All God needed was just a nod from me. And, and he started watering that word and I mean, it came to life. So uh, if, you, if you couple that power with faith, so that you don't see your kids go into destruction and rebellion, uh, that word will have tremendous influence in their life. The word itself is what I'm saying, has commanding power. Amen? And then the, and, and, uh, uh, the training, that's training in the word has its own commanding power. And then number four, 
the commanding, uh, the actual command, and it's commanding your children to behave right and live right. That's commanding power too. You don't, you don't neglect that. You do the other things, but you also tell your children, instruct them, tell them what they can do and what they can't do. Parents are more than friends and advisors. Amen. You, God didn't, God didn't give you your children so that they could be your friends. Amen. There will come a time when you can have that relationship with them when they're grown. But in the meantime, you're not supposed to be their friend. In fact, if your children like you all the time, you're doing something wrong. I can tell you that. Amen. That's absolutely the truth. If they don't think you're, you're a fuddy-duddy and old-fashioned and out of touch from time to time, then, then, then you're not doing your job. Amen. Because what you have to train them to do and be and believe is going contrary to everything they're hearing. And that's your job. Amen. Parents are not friends. And, they're not, and you're not just advisors just to give kind of some counsel and just, you know, this is what I think you might do. No, you've been charged by God with shaping your child's will and decisions, seeing to it that they follow the Lord. That's what you've been in, in charge to do is to see to it that your children obey God. And uh, uh, so you have to, you have to uh, set the perimeters. You have to make the rules and you have to stick to them and make sure your children do it even when they don't understand it. A lot of things my parents uh, made me do and that I didn't understand. I understand them now and I'm grateful for them. Amen? Uh, taking your children to church. Let's, let's move on to that. Taking your children to church. Well, that's essential that you have your children in church. But like I said in an uh, earlier lesson, it's not, it's not enough. See, Deuteronomy 6, verse 6 and 7 says, These words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. Now, I told you that when I was in Bible school, uh, we met some people, and they lectured their kids with the word. And uh, they were real big in... Uh, these formal confessions of faith. They had confession sheets printed out every day that they confessed their healing and they confessed, you know, prosperity or whatever. They had, you know, all these things. That, and there's nothing wrong with that if, that's a, if that is a tool you can use in your own life, you know. Uh, I have not necessarily confession sheets, but I have scripture sheets, important verses of scriptures to me that, I, that I've put together and I've got them on different topics and, and from time to time I get different ones out, you know, and look at them and meditate on them and, and, and so I confess them to myself, you know, in, 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 uh, in doing that as I meditate, I speak them to myself, that's fine. But these parents would make their children make all of these confessions and, and my parents never did that. Uh, of course, they didn't understand confession anyway, but I did, but I never did that where my children were concerned. I didn't make them study the Bible and I didn't uh, talk at them over everything in life. I didn't quote a scripture about it. But where I spoke, where we obeyed the scripture is that in our home, all of, our, all of the family agenda was 
build around obeying God and God's plan and God's will for our lives. Now, you might say, well, you're, you were a preacher though. And then, so that was the central thing in your house. Even if you're not in, in full-time ministry, uh, that should still be the, the most important thing in your, in your household. I mean, you may be a bricklayer or a, or a, uh, you know, a teacher or whatever, but your, but your most important thing in life is you're serving God. And so you should talk about what, what motivates you in life. And if, you, and if the word motivates you in life and you talk about it, then you're going to be talking about these words. You're going to be speaking these things to your children when you, when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you rise up and when you lay down. So it's important that uh, 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 these things are alive in your, in your life. But bringing your kids to church is also very important because church is the, is the right format for instructing them in the word of God. Uh, my children probably learned more about the Bible and doctrine and so forth from being in church than they did from me giving them instruction in it. Of course, I had the added benefit that while I'm instructing the church, I'm instructing, instructing my children. But church is, is designed to, to instill teaching and doctrine in the word of God. And so when they're sitting in an adult service, they're sitting in a, a children's service and especially in children's services, it, those services are designed to put the word of God into your kids. And, and, it's, and it's done in such a way and in such an environment to make it very palatable to them. That sometimes in the, in the family, because there's uh, a lot of things going on and maybe there's uh, uh, kids that, are, that you're having to discipline them about something, you know, that they've done wrong. And then you try to teach them the Bible, they can reject all of that. So that's why church is so important. You have to have, in ch- it's like, your training at home is like the skeleton. I'm talking about your, your teaching at home. It's like the skeleton and the church adds the meat to it. Well, they need to be here. Amen. They need to be here. But, you know, we can, we, what we do with them, even though we have the opportunity of, of very uh, uh, skillfully, we've got really skilled teachers. We've got really skilled uh, people in our children's and youth departments. They're very skilled and they know how to reach your child in a way sometimes that you can't. They're very skilled. But we only have them for an hour or two at a time, you know, and just maybe, you know, three hours a week. And much of what we put into them will be lost if it's not modeled at home, if it's not actively practiced at home. So if if you're not living it, you know, you can, you can, you can talk all about, you can, you can teach your child about faith, but they need to see it in action. They need to see it. You can talk to them about, about, uh, living for God and honoring God, respecting, having a reverence for God, but they need to see it. Our children's departments will teach them to praise God, but they need to see you praising God. That's the very reason why we don't have uh, all of the younger children, except for the for the uh, the lowest ages, we make sure that children have an opportunity to be in adult service on Sunday night with their parents, so they can see their parents worshiping God, praising God. 
experiencing the glory of the Lord and, and all of that. They need to see that. They need to see their parents. Most churches, most people we know in ministry, they have something for their children and youth almost every service. They're never in the adult service until they're adults. Well, I don't think that's healthy. We could, we could, we could do that probably. It's not that we, I mean, you know, when it's more helps ministries, you know, but it might be a strain, but we could do it, but I don't believe in it. I believe they need to be in the service. Yeah, they don't necessarily get as much out of the service or understand some things, but they grow up in it. And the day comes, and along the way, they begin to understand as they grow, and they have it lived out in front of them. So, uh, you know, what we do needs to be practiced at home. Uh, what we teach needs to be practiced at home. Consistent, uncompromised church attendance is essential. Consistent, uncompromised church attendance is essential. Uncompromised means that uh, you're going to church. No matter. I mean, unless it's something that, you know, there are some things that come up that just absolutely, you know, uh, prevent you from coming. But it shouldn't happen easily. It shouldn't be a lot of things. I, now, I'm just telling you how we raised our children. I'm telling you how I was raised in that regard and how, and how I raised my children. I, sometimes I'm amazed at some of the things that uh, reasons I hear for people not being in church and then consequently their children not being in church. It's like the least little thing that comes up, oh, we couldn't come. You know, husband, husband was sick, so all six of us stayed home. Well, dear Lord, was he in a coma? Did you, did you have a, were all of you attending to him? Hello. I imagine most of the time he could have been left completely alone. He's a grown man. And I mean, if he needs to be hospitalized, call an ambulance. But if he just doesn't feel good, leave him at home. Come on now. I hear some of the craziest things. You know, when, and I've told you this, and, and evidently it doesn't make any difference because folks do it anyway, but I'm still tell you. When I was growing up, you know, we had most of our relatives, our aunts and uncles were churchgoers. And, and a lot of them went to the same church we went to. That has its pluses and its minuses. But uh, uh, we had a few of the, of the relatives, a few of my aunts and uncles, just a, just a couple, that didn't go to church. And every now and then, they had the, 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 the stupidity to show up at our house on a Sunday afternoon, about four or five o'clock, you know, we'll come to visit. Well, they knew we went to church on Sunday nights. And I remember more than once, somebody coming over to visit and... Uh, and, and at 5.30, whenever we started getting ready for church, you know, to go back to church, we said, listen, we're, we're, uh, we're going to go clean up and, and we're going to church. Uh, stay here. Help yourself through the refrigerator. The TV's right there. Didn't have remote. The TV's right there. And, uh, you know, just enjoy yourself. We'll be back about 9 o'clock. And you know what? They stayed and we got home. They were still there. <laughs> and we'd have something to eat, you know, and, and uh, a hinky dink. Did anybody have hinky dinks when you were growing up? Moon pies? Well, they were sold under the name hinky dinks at the store that, the Setzer's grocery store that we went to. Huh? Setzer's, yeah. And uh, so we'd have something to eat and everybody was happy. They didn't get offended. And, and we weren't offended either. We just, that's what we do. We go to church. We're not gonna stay out of church just because an unbelieving uncle came over. 
Amen. Hallelujah. Attendance for your children, it's, an, it's important that they attend and they be involved, not just come to church. Be involved, particularly in age-related activities. Whatever the church has for your child or your young person, whatever's going on for their age group, make sure that they're a part of it. Because those things have been, have been uh, 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 formulated and customized to fit your, your child's or your teenager's need. They need to be involved in them. Amen. I'm going to talk a little more about that a little, little further on. Uh, let's look at some, some practical areas, areas in which you can be diligent. Do, do you wear your, your uh, steel-toed shoes tonight? You might wish you had. <laughs> I'm telling you, uh, these things work for us. And, and we have good fruit. Uh, areas to be diligent. And as a parent, number one, attitudes, your children's attitudes. Of all the things that I have listed here, this is the number one. This is the top of the page because it is the most important. Attitudes in your children. You know, you know this scripture, but its familiarity should not uh, lessen its, its impact. First Samuel fifteen twenty three says that rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Why is that? Because it's, it's, it's deceptive and it's demonic. Rebellion is as the sin of, of, of witchcraft. Uh, but it manifests itself very early. Very early. See, the Bible says that foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. And the rod of correction will drive it from him. Uh, don't be afraid of that word rod. Uh, that just means spanking your children. And I know what the world says about it, but I'm not going to change what I believe because of, of, of what the world does. It is scriptural to spank your children. It is not only scriptural, it's, it's in, you're instructed to do so. And I, I'm, it shouldn't be necessary that you do it every day, but if, you, if a short period of while you have to every day, then do it. It's important. Now, I had somebody years ago, they thought they, you know, they really had revelation on this because it said the, every time it referenced to spanking, it said the rod. So they felt like they had to have a rod. You know, so they got a little you know, stick of some kind. You know, and that, you know, that's not the point. The point is your children uh, from time to time will need to be spanked. And... Uh, rebellion is such a horrible thing. It will, it will absolutely destroy their lives if it's not checked. And every one of your children, it'll have to be driven out of them because it's in their flesh. It came from the devil. It came from sin. It comes in and manifests itself in a lot of ways. Talking back. We never allowed our children to talk back, ever. We never allowed our children to, talk back ever under any circumstance. I'm not talking about, you know, go in the garage and get me a hammer. I don't want to daddy go in the garage and get me a hammer. I don't want to daddy go in the garage and get me a hammer, but the garage is on fire. Oh, there are times when, you know, something you tell your child to do, they can't do. And there's a good reason, but not very often. All right. Most of the time, the garage is not on fire. 
and they just don't want to do it. Okay? We never allowed our children to talk back. Talking back is a form of rebellion. Parents should instill in their children when they're, when they're spoken to and told to do something, they are to obey it. Why? Because you want them, well, number one, for their own protection. When they're, when they're little, you know, they don't need to know why to get out of the road. It's because you can see the vehicle coming down the street. They can't see. They just need to know when you speak, they are to move. You'll save their life. But also, if they're going to respond to God, if they're going to respect the word of God or the instruction of God, they have to be taught that authority, that when the authority speaks, they have to obey. Amen. Talking back is a form of rebellion. Obviously, pitching fits. All the stuff we see, I see it all the time. You tell a child to do something, they just fall on the floor and start pitching a fit. And, and even bigger kids just start, you know, you have to stop that. You have to stop that. Uh, you'll go through times and seasons where it seems like all you do is spank your children. Uh, and we're not talking about that. I don't care what the world says. It's not child abuse. Now, you could be abusive in spanking your children, but you know what I'm talking about, reasonable. Now, the world thinks that any spanking is irreasonable and immoderate, but there is moderate spanking and reasonable spanking. And uh, you, you, you have to drive that rebellion out of them. Pouting and sulking is a form of rebellion. You make your child do something, I'll do it, but we never allowed that. Never, no, uh-uh, no, don't, we don't allow that. I get, I really get amused sometimes. It's all I can do to keep my straight face. Greg and Amy, They'll, 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 little Mia, you know, get into something. They have to spank her and say, oh, she's sitting there all pouting. Nope, smiley face, smiley face. You <laughs> say, no, you're not going to pout about it. You're going to smile. You're going to do what you were told to do and you're going to smile. We're not going to let you pout. And, and you have to do that. That's what we did. Amen. Pouting, sulking, that's all rebellion. Disrespect. These are, these are attitudes that I'm talking about. Your children have to be made to respect you. Yeah. They just have to be, they just have to be forced to do it. You are going to respect your parents and, and, and honor us. They have to be taught to do that. Why? Because it's, there's a promise associated with it. Honor your parents and you'll live a long life. And so, you know, tell your children. We did. You want to live a long life? You better cut that out. You're going to do, you're going to, you're going to act right and have, that's not what I meant. <laughs> I just heard out how that sounded. If you want to live long, <laughs> we might've even told them that way too. I don't know. <laughs> if you, there were those times. If you, if you want to live long, you have to honor your parents. Amen. That's what the Bible says. I didn't say it. God said it. They need to be taught to, to respect you. They need to be taught to respect God. They need to be taught to respect the church. 
Amen. Amen. Uh, I mentioned this before, but beware. I've, I've said this before recently, but I'm going to say it. Beware of, of feigned spirituality. Feigned spirituality. Not real. Uh, you're, you're young people. I know this happens. I'm not going to call names, but I know this happens. There are young people who, who will raise their hands sitting over there just so you'll see them and think, well, you know, something's, something's going on in my child's life. They're, they're worshiping God. What you don't know is after they sit down, they're sexting each other on their cell phones. You know what that means? Sexting? Texting, you know what texting means? Well, texting about sex. We've, we've, we've caught young people doing that. And yet, oh, hallelujah, I'm praising God. No, no, no. I'm t- I was always, listen, we always believed in our children. You know we did because we, we were in faith for them. But we were always a little bit suspicious too. You know, Ronald Reagan said, trust, verify, trust, Trust but verify. Trust but verify. And uh, children are smart. They know sometimes that I've heard, I've had parents uh, talk about their, their wayward children and say, well, you know, so-and-so said to me just the other day, just something about a message you preached, you know, just made a comment about, you know, yeah, wasn't that good what pastor said about so-and-so? So I know they're getting it, pastor. I thought, yeah, and I know they're playing you. To keep you off of, the, off of what's really going on in their life. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little suspicious. But again, my, my children turned out right. You can do what you want to. Uh, give serious weight to your youth leader's warnings or concerns about your children, about your youth. If, you're, if the youth leader comes to you and says, you know, I've got uh, something, there's something going on here that I'm not, I don't think you're aware of. We've it's it's sort of a I don't know maybe a sixty forty response, and a lot of times parents will act like they appreciate it, and then they'll get their feelings hurt and get mad over it. the The young people are the or rather the the workers in the youth department. You have this more with teenagers than you do with younger children, but uh, you know they give of themselves simply because they love your teenagers. They don't, they're not against your kids. They're not picking on your kids. They love your, your, don't tell them I called them kids. They don't like to be called kids. They like to be called youth. Um, they're not picking on them. But very often they'll see things that you don't see. <laughs> don't tell them this. We don't want to let them know, let them know. But youth today, I'm amazed at how... Uh, Uh, well, put it this way. We were sneakier when I was growing up than a lot of kids are today. They'll go online and post stuff on Facebook, just blatant uh, sexual comments, innuendos, all kinds, curse, do all kinds of things. Children in our youth, uh, teenagers in our youth, and, and put it on Facebook. And what they don't know is they friended PG. And it's like, he says, Dad, you know, we, I don't talk about this, but I see all this. 
And so he has a lot of insight sometimes. And he's gone to parents and said, do you realize this or that's going on? Well, don't get mad at, at PG about it. Thank God that somebody's watching. But we've seen it uh, go both ways. Uh, give serious weight to, to, your, to, to your youth leader's warnings or concern. And the same thing goes at school. Now, we didn't have a bad attitude about our children. We believed our children were good boys. And, and we believed that, you know, we, we, it's not just faith. I mean, we, we knew they were good boys. But at the same time, if the teacher sent a note home or we're, and we did have this a couple of times where we were, you know, the school got in touch with us that, you know, they're having a problem. Uh, so often we'll see the parents side in with their child. So well, the, the teachers, the, 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 the children will say, well, she's just picking on me. My teacher's just picking on me. <clears throat> Usually not. There are, there are some, some crummy teachers out there, I'm, I'm sure, but there are very good teachers out there. And most of them, the vast majority of them, are not picking on your child. Let me just tell you that. They're not. They don't have it out for your child. Your child, they're doing what they want to help your child. But it, 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 it's frustrating as, as all get out. And I know the teachers in here would, would, uh, would agree with this. When you send a, a note home with a parent, reach, try to contact the parent, and the parent comes in and wants to fight you. Because you've, you know, charged your child and accused your child of something. We, we always had a tendency to be, uh, we would believe the teachers first, to be quite honest with you. We'd believe them first. And our, our children would have to prove to us that it wasn't that way. Now, we didn't have a lot of that. Our kids were well behaved. But uh, PG one time didn't bring a report card home. And we kept, we, didn't, we weren't watching the calendar like we should have. And it was about report card time. It didn't come. Where's your report? Oh, it's, it's, it's not out yet. Oh, okay, I thought it was time. Just weren't paying attention. You know, a week or so went by. Are your, your report cards out? Nope, they're not out yet. Come to find out, he had forged our signature because he'd gotten a bad grade. He had forged one of our signatures on his report card. And finally, I don't know how the, the school found out about it, and they called us. And I went down there, and oh, I mean, he was hiding. He was trembling. He was... <laughs> Oh boy, they had him in the office and it was beautiful. <laughs> but they still, he still turned out okay. We kept believing God for him. Amen. Give serious weight to your teachers, school teachers, warnings and charges about your kids. It's important. Uh, they, they need, and I'm teaching about respect. This is under attitudes. First was rebelliousness. Second was pouting and skulking, which is a type of rebellion. Three is disrespect. And so under that, uh, they, they, should, they should respect the church and school leaders. They should respect the church and school leaders. They should respect church leaders and school leaders. Don't let them, don't let them run the principal down in your house. Don't let them talk about their teachers in, in your house. Command that they respect the authorities that are over them. I know in, 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 as a pastor, there are times when people uh, will criticize the pastor or the youth leader's child will come home maybe and, and you know, Pastor Greg's picking on me. Oh yeah, that's, Greg, that's, that's Pastor Greg's aim in life to ruin your little girl, little daughter or son, pick on them, make their life miserable. That's ridiculous. 
Well, they're just picking on me. They're, they don't like me in the youth group and they're just picking on me. And so then they'll just talk about it and around the, oh, well, baby, you know, you just have to, you just have to be a big girl and just, just, you know, rise up above that and just try to not let it affect you and do the right thing. What you're telling them is that you're right and the teacher is a, is a jerk and you're instilling uh, disrespect in them. And the day just might come when that might be the only person that would be able to witness to them, but you've ruined it because you taught them not to respect it. They might be in a motorcycle accident one day and that youth minister, your pastor, might be the only one that can reach them, but now they can't. It's important. I'm passionate about it, but it's important. They should, re they should respect law authorities. They should respect the police. Most policemen are honorable and are doing a good job, and so they should respect the authorities. Uh, boy, I didn't get very far in this tonight. Uh, First thing was attitude. Second thing is media. This will only take just a couple minutes. I'll... Yeah, no, it won't either. But we'll do it next time. We're going to talk about media. We're going to talk about associations and activities. But that'll wait till another time. Praise the Lord. These are things we're not perfect. We didn't have uh, every answer. I'm not saying that. I'm not. I know it sounds like I am, but I, all I'm saying is uh, we saw what worked, and God honored it. And uh, though we made mistakes, our children pulled through. <laughs> they made it. And, and they, my kids have served God, lived for God, though there, there have been some challenges along the way a few times, but uh, our children never turned their back on God. Both of our boys were, were spirit-filled uh, at a very young age, I th uh, you know, and, and have walked with God all of their life. And yours can too. Amen. And if, and if, and I know you have, some of you have older children, uh, use your faith. Start believing God's promise. And then be very careful how you live in front of your 40 year old or 50 year old. You're still an example. Amen. Well, God bless you. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.